work where like I should be so fortunate to be even in the lineup like at my club that like mm -hmm. is very very selective with the girls that they have and like girls that they have on the lineup and like for me to be on the lineup essentially almost like every week which is like unheard of at my club <laughs> I should have been grateful but I would spend days just not going downstairs to hustle dances and instead I would just be in the dressing room and like not talk to anyone and not make it there were days when I made zero dollars because I was so hungover where I could have made like two thousand dollars like easily so I just thought it was so stupid like what what was putting everything together Together, basically I was like wasting my life essentially and like really deteriorating my health for like no reason wow. like why to like because I wanted to just have some drinks like <laughs> I'm good I'm gonna drink coffee and like juice and like soda oh, pop <laughs> ladies and gentlemen welcome to the sober is dope podcast this episode is presented by sober Saturdays and our special guest today is Dora Cola and we would like to thank Katie Deegan for joining Sober is Dope to highlight entertainers in the recovery industry, as well as people on their particular journeys. This is a very exciting episode. Um, we haven't had a rock star on our episode yet, so this is a great start. And I would love to just get right into it. Enjoy. Thank you. Hello, friends and family. Welcome back to Sober is Dope. And before we start our amazing episode with the magnificent Dora Cola, I would like to drop a snippet of her latest single, All My Boyfriends Are Dead. You're going to hear it exclusively here on the Sober is Dope podcast presented by Sober Saturdays. Dora Cola's new single, All My Boyfriends Are Dead, as she moves into a heavier rock sound true to who she is. Finally, the song inspired by the only idol she ever felt drawn to, whom all happen to be dead. The song references to Randy Rhodes, which is tattooed on Dora Dora's arm and Lane Stanley, whom is one of Dora's biggest musical inspirations. Other late musicians include Chris Cornell, MCA from Beastie Boys, and Mike Starr, Alice in Chains. All her boyfriends are dead. With no further ado, here's the premiere of All My Boyfriends Are Dead, the snippet by Dora Cola on Sober's Dope. Peace. Dora Cola, singer, songwriter, and entertainer, is one of the edgiest West Coast artists to have debuted in recent years, being greatly inspired by the strip club, sexuality, heavy metal, 80s rock and roll in California. After a lifetime of developing her craft, the former award-winning BCIT world-class rock radio disc jockey finally began releasing music in the summer of 2020. Dora Cola's music journey began at the tender age of three, spurring her towards the direction of pursuing her passion for music later on in life. 
Being known for writing strong female empowering anthems, Dora Cola is also a superb classically trained pianist with a level eight RCM certification. Armed with big Pisces dreams and plenty of hyperactive creative energy to spare, Dora Cola is no doubt well on her way to becoming one of the most phenomenal and influential artists in this generation. A no fucks given type bad bitch with a stripper-esque rock and roll wild child flair that is clearly noted in her music. You can see her cruising down the West Coast drinking her signature ice black coffees with heavy metal boys with their long hair and flying V guitars. Come take a ride on the rock and roll side and enjoy some cola. It feels so fucking good. Hello, friends and family. Welcome to the Sober is Dope podcast. I'm your host, Pop Buchanan. And today's episode is presented by Sober Saturdays. And we have the founder of Sober Saturdays, which is a friend of the Sober is Dope podcast, Katie Woo. Deegan, on the line. Katie, say what's up to everyone. Hi, y'all. Thanks for having me, Pops. For it's everyone. Yeah, Katie's one of our day ones. She is so expressive and creative. She shares, she shared very vividly on the Sober's Dope podcast, and we're happy to connect with her company and her friends. For anyone who doesn't remember, Katie's the creator of Sober Saturdays, um, Club Sofa club sofa events. Um, she's a survivor of child abuse and a broken foster care system. She's a California sober advocate, an advocate for microdosing for mental health, artist, entrepreneur, creative, and superhero. We love you, Katie. All right. And today's guest that's being presented by Sober Saturdays on the Sober is Dope podcast is the extraordinary artist, Dora Cola. Dora, what's up? What's up? Thank you for having me. Welcome. Welcome to the Sober is Dope experience. Thank you for being here today. Now, for everyone out there, Dora is an entrepreneur exotic dancer, award-winning BCIT disc jockey, classically trained pianist with a level eight RCM certification, recording artist, big dreamer, rock and roller, bad bitch that we love and we're happy to have here today. And uh, amongst all of that, she's a sober creative and it means a lot for us to have on the podcast today because People like her are helping to break the stigma and the narrative every day. Ladies, how are you doing? Oh, my God. Thank you so much. It's actually crazy because I feel like, I mean, I really am only a year and a half into sober living. But it's like like I don't even like realize that like I have been sober and it has been like a journey and that it is, you know, like something I've worked really hard towards because I think at this point it's kind of like you don't even think twice about it anymore. It's just kind of like, Oh, it's, it's just life. And like, a, yeah, but like, it's um, like seeing your Instagram profiles and like, you know, advocates like yourselves and like seeing the word sober and being called, Oh, you're sober. Like, yeah. like reminders. It's like, Oh, I am sober. It is, it has been an accomplishment and like, mm-hmm. I have worked really hard towards, you know, being here. So yeah, I guess it, you kind of just end up forgetting about it and getting lost in like your own, I guess, life, your new life. (laughs) Yeah. So that's, that's cool to like hear it. And 
and like it's cool to be on the show where we talk about being awesome aka sober that's <laughs> What's right up? that's right that's right katie how did you meet dora can you give us a little context there yeah, I'm yes, actually, I want to know. <laughs> I, honestly, like, I found Dora online. Like Dora and I haven't even had a chance to meet in person yet. I was just like new to the city. I was looking for like amazing performers because I like to hold events like Club Sofa. And I was looking, looking for people that I could have on my performance. And I stumbled across Dora who was working on her sobriety. And I was just like mind boggled because, you know, like I'll like so many sober people that I met were just like, no offense like just like vanilla in some of the things they were doing. I was like, I want to find, like, I was like, I know I'm a freaky sober person. You know, I'm like, there's gotta be like other freaky sober people out there that I can like, you know, bond with. And so when I came across Dora, it was like, she's got a guitar. That's a piano. She's like making music videos. I was like, bitch, how did you, where did you make this music video? Like, can I be in the next one? Like what? Like, I want to sit at that sober table, you know? So right. I just creeped her online. And then I was like, wait, do you want to be my friend? <laughs> I love that. I love that because you're right. Which That's why I started Sober is Dope to let the world know, like, yo, look, you could be real lit in sobriety and recovery, right? First and foremost, totally. the idea that sobriety and that lifestyle was boring was always like crazy to me. It's like, how are you in your perfect state of being? And that's boring or that's uninteresting. Yeah. I think we are we are sexy is preserved in our recovery. Right. So that's always been like a thing of mine. So, Dora, today is your spotlight. Um, I love everything that you're doing. You're extremely talented. I'm a fan of your music. And, I, you know, I was listening to Dirty, Sexy, Rocker Boy. That's crazy. That. Oh, man. So what's the song about? Right, right, <laughs> right, right. And um, before we get into the sobriety and stuff, I just yes. wanted to ask you, I mean, you know, you you decided after accomplishing so much, winning the award, the Disc Jockey Award and being trained as a pianist and doing all of this other stuff, you decided to put out your music in 2020. What inspired you just to really come out as an artist and start putting out so much banging music? I think I was just ready to do it. Not ready in the sense that I had already found my sound and like knew all these things musically and like, but I just knew I wanted to do it right then and there. And like, I've just always been a believer that like life is so fucking short and like, you just gotta go, you just gotta do it. Like, you know, if you catch like any like wind of like creativity or like whatever it is, like a voice telling you like you should do something like right now, it's like you can't just sit on an on, on idea for like your whole life because then you're just going to waste your entire life and then you're going to be 69 and you're going to be like, oh, I should have made Dirty Sexy Rocker Boy in the summer of 2020. <laughs> wow. Wow. So we just did a big segment called... um create it's about creativity and centered around creativity and how that kind of takes us out of boredom and takes us into the future to realize our dreams when we actually activate it and one of the things that we was talking about is living with regret the worst thing is being 70 or 80 and sitting there saying i just regret that i was so afraid to take that shot right and the deep part of that is addiction is the number one thing that gets you to that point of regret. It, it blocks you, it holds you down. So what you just said is cutting edge as far as theory and recovery that we can actually create. And in our sobriety, we could be like, you know what? I'm not going to hold back no more. I'm going for that bag. And that's important. So thank you. Yeah, thank you. 
I, I think it's so cool too, because I think um, just like in history and whatnot, like artists have been known for being like struggling, starving artists, you know, who like can't be creative unless they're like messed up on something. And it's like, I, I was worried that when I got sober, I wasn't going to be able to be creative, but it was like, oh no, like I actually wasn't creative to the best of my ability until I got sober because I couldn't access it because I was hung over messed up all the time. <laughs> Exactly, exactly. And, you know, I think Ernest Hemingway, that that started with that right drunk edit sober thing. And that was misinterpreted throughout history for something that Ernest Hemingway may have Ernest Hemingway may have said. And I always tell people it's like, nah, we we could create in our recovery and we don't have to get permission from our drug of choice to show up. And that's the biggest thing. When I used to rap, and I used to have to drink. I used to have to be, oh, I can't rhyme unless I'm drunk or high. And yeah. it's like, no, that's ridiculous. And now I'm more productive. So moving along, um, Dora, your inspiration. The first thing I want to ask you is what motivated you to find sobriety? What motivated you to be sober? Um, I think number one, I was shitting my pants like all the time. I started to shit my pants every after like, you know, a date with a sexy person I would not even make it home and like shit my pants in the car and it just was like it just, that just wasn't sexy to me and I was like fuck I think I might have a problem like health wise and I was getting like brain fog symptoms so it really did like it but it, it was like um like a psychological I think like um realization before all the health things started like honestly the day I had my first sip of alcohol when I was 15 16 I knew that right then and there I should have quit because I knew it opened me up to something that I like had never loved so much before and I was like oh fuck like this is gonna be trouble so I feel like I knew since the day I started and then like (laughs) nine years later here we are but yeah honestly it was my body it was my body that was telling me like giving me like the like like signs in front of my face of like telling me, Hey, you should just stop right now, sis. But yeah, other than the health um, stuff that was kind of going on, honestly, like I would, I was always hungover. Like I'd being hungover at like 22, I would miss my entire week. Like I talked to people in their forties that like would even have symptoms as bad as me. So I was like, Hey, I fuck like I'm young. I should be like going out doing things. And I guess was, I guess I realized that the, how much I was drinking wasn't normal and it wasn't the same as everyone else like mm-hmm. oh you you swigged the entire jack daniels bottle um we only had like three cocktails that's that's interesting <laughs> like oh you mean you didn't wake up blackout drunk at some guy's house that you don't even know and are gonna talk to anymore and i think i also was like I think using people and guys, like guys I didn't even want to go out with, guys I didn't even want to be associated with or like talk to or like have anything to do with, but I would go out with them to get free drinks and like load up and like maybe have like a good time afterwards. But like, so I was putting myself in these situations where I thought like, let's say I wanted to, let's say sleep with this person. And like, in my head, I was like, well, like he has to buy me like all the drinks. And like, I, it, it was like weird, like just setting myself into like weird situations and viewing people as like essentially objects. And I thought that was really not cool. And, um, and I realized that I was hooking up with these people and I wouldn't even remember hooking up with them and it's like well I only you know I just wanted sex from this person and like I can't even remember it so what was the point so it was just 
you know, like I was kind of on a spiral of being like a, a bad person essentially. And like, it's, you know, it's not an excuse to like be drunk and like, it's like, you, can, you can't interfere with other people's lives like that. Mm-hmm. And I just didn't want to put that energy out there anymore, I guess. But yeah, it was like the hangovers, the health problems, and um, it was not being able to like pursue the things I wanted to do. Like, I feel like I was doing really, really well career wise, but I was also doing well and comfortable. And like, you know, I was actually, there were so many days at work where like, I should be so fortunate to be even in the lineup, like at my club that like Mm -hmm. is very, very selective with the girls that they have and like girls that they have on the lineup. And like for me to be on the lineup, essentially almost like every week, which is like unheard of at my club, (laughs) I should have been grateful, but I would spend days just not going downstairs to hustle dances. And instead I would just be in the dressing room and like not talk to anyone and not make There were days when I made zero dollars because I was so hungover where I could have made like $2,000 like easily. So I just thought it was so stupid. Like what, what was putting everything together? Basically I was like wasting my life essentially and like really deteriorating my health for like no reason. Like why to like, because I wanted to just have some drinks, like (laughs) I'm good. I'm going to drink coffee and like juice and like soda pop. (laughs) Right, right, right. Yeah. That's amazing. Katie, can you relate to that in any way? (laughs) Oh, for sure. Yeah. Like I, I honestly, I admire you so much because I feel like being like for me personally, like when I first was quitting drinking, it was really hard for me to continue working in the clubs I was working in like people were pressuring me so much to drink and so the fact that you could still go to work and that you still perform and you still like are in this realm where you're like constantly being pressured to drink I think it's so admirable and like I'm just so um I'm so enamored to learn more you know because like I know when I put myself in those situations it was like a social experiment it was like okay like what's triggering me why am I being triggered by that how am I going to react to this trigger how are people Mm. going to react to me telling them that I don't want to drink you know so to find someone else who's still in that realm it's like not only admirable but just like really cool I'm so interested you know it's like you actually have to like figure out the root of your problems and realize oh like this is what's been pissing me off the whole time and like instead of numbing myself and like excusing myself to like okay this is where I have a drink and like I calm down it's like you know what I'm actually gonna get down to the problem and figure it out yes wow wow that's powerful (laughs) yeah it's like you gotta face your problems no right and and you said something uh when i was reading through the notes that stuck out to me is you was like you felt numb has like felt like half your life you felt numb due to you know drinking and stuff and that's real because you just can't feel and connect with reality you leave stuff on the table um and i try to explain that to people like don't leave like your destiny on the table because of addiction Mm -hmm. and that's one of the things that you take in back you taking back your power so I want to talk about you, something you said that's important to most, and I think this goes over people's head. You was tired of being lazy and just the unprofessionalism of addiction, right? Can you talk about that um, briefly? I mean, just missing out on opportunities and like, you know, like miss missing meetings and like ruining work relationships with like a person I could have collaborated or still been, you know, have a working relationship or even have been a friend like to this day, like just like maybe possibly gaining a reputation that I didn't want to like build up in the city that like I love so much. And like, it's not who I am to be like a lazy person. Like I try real hard in like what I do. And I think because I was, I am a workaholic because I was working so much and so hard, like 
instead of like drinking at work, I would wait till my personal time. And then I would like essentially like, you know, like go hard or go home. So I would yeah work hard and play hard, which was, yeah, kind of was like a counteractive to like my train of thought of like working hard because it made me drink more. So. Right. Yeah. And, and, and it threw you off. So, I remember you said yeah. something that was deep. You said that when you were um you wouldn't necessarily drink at work, right? You wouldn't drink at the club. No, yeah. But then you will overcompensate when you go home and then it would wind yes. up affecting work anyway. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So like in my head, I could just justify it in my like drunk alcoholic, like Jack Daniels infused brain. But yeah, like now that I look back, I, I'm like, oh I wow, that didn't really fucking work out, did it? Like I I was like, oh, I'm so much like better than y'all. Like, I don't drink at work, but really, you know, like my dirty little secret, like just slap me back the bottle. Yeah. And it wasn't, I guess, like, I always like grew up in a good like home and like environment and like people. So it wasn't like I had problems in life, really. I just, I think, was getting carried away and like having a bit too much fun. And then you kind of realize that, like, oh, this is, uh, this is happening a lot more than it probably should like five-day benders probably aren't necessarily normal yeah and like it was kind of like living in fantasy world and I think when you live when you work in an occupation where like you're basically your job is to party with guys like you're you're not even encouraged it's like like mandatory it's like a job requirement to like you know have a drink in your hand and make sure you're like Mm -hmm. doing shots and like being fun but like even yeah like even uh I always had a strict rule of not like drinking at work so I was always but I was always like just me and like fun and so like Mm -hmm. like guys would not notice (laughs) yeah right right that that's that's awesome Katie any thoughts yeah I mean I think that's so awesome it took me a while personally to like find my the funness inside myself because Like I didn't, even though I knew that I should quit drinking, you know, like my personality and my job was so wrapped up in it that even when I tried to quit or like would tell the people around me that I was not drinking, it was met with like, well, we want you mean, yeah, well, they were just like, wanted me to drink. You know what I mean? Like you're the, like, you're the plug. You're the person who's the funnest when you're drunk. Like you stay up for three to five days. Like you're saying, whereas like sober Katie wouldn't do those things, you know, like sober Katie wouldn't sleep with those people. Like sober Katie wouldn't go to that third after party. Sober yeah. Katie have conversations. So it's like yeah. for me, not drinking meant less fun for everyone else. And so I think, yeah, it's just so cool that you were able to be fun right away where I was like, who am I? <laughs> am I fun? <laughs> Interesting. I mean, it's, it's also like cool that everybody has a different journey and like everybody oh, yeah. has a different story and that's what makes, you know, sobriety so cool and unique. Mm-hmm. And like when you bond with another sober person, it's stories like that where it's like, Hey, so what was your story? Like, well, totally. And like, I, I love when I find a story that like, you know, like, don't get me wrong. Like everyone has such a, like a great in-depth story and some of them are like quite tumultuous and like it's great to share those like really intense things but I also love sharing like hearing stories where it's like yeah no like I was able to go back to like my my place of work you know what I mean because you hear so many stories of like no I have to avoid everything I need to avoid that place where I used to drink I need to avoid that and it like almost creates this fear within yourself and then when you want to go to those places or see those people you already have this like dialogue in your head that like maybe you can't do it and so it's like 
to hear people were like, no, like I was able to go back to work. Like, no, I'm able to be around alcohol. I'm able to dance. I'm able to perform. Like I'm able to be here in this environment and I'm okay. It's like, okay. So us sober people and people in recovery can do this. Like this isn't an option for us, even if it's not an option for everyone or some. I think that's another like important stigma mm-hmm. to, I guess, talk about and like open up because mm-hmm. I was friends with the person that was sober. And I thought because we were both sober that we should automatically be friends, mm-hmm. but that's also not the case. And okay. that person believed in going to get help a certain way. Like her way was AA mm-hmm. and I had tried it and it just did not work for me. It wasn't totally. for me. Like I didn't, it just mm-hmm. not my thing at all and like that person just wouldn't understand like it wouldn't take me as a serious sober person yeah. because it was for me and they were like like you just yeah you could just tell that like they totally. like, and it's because like, it creates like seclusion between all of us and it's like when I genuinely think about like what would make me want to relapse it's like not being included in, you know in the environment that's supposed to help me stay sober and safe you know and like not being included in the the events and the the panels and the talks that like you know, like really like people really need to hear like our dialogue because there are so many people like us that AA does not work for that. We just get, exactly. you know, and like, exactly. We don't take exactly. Like AA is just one Avenue and that's that there are so many, there are no, there's no right answer. Like you just got to do what like works for you. And like that yeah. might take a lot of time to figure out but like you know like that's what makes the journey so beautiful and like fucking cool (laughs) fucking cool i love it fucking cool (laughs) dora that brings me to an uh and one you guys are making you ladies are making a great point here's the thing you did a cold turkey and that's yeah. and that's sometimes what because I, I went, to, I, you know, I'm an AA advocate. The Sober Stoke does support AA, but we were started to emphasize the aspects of recovery and the avenues outside of AA. I wanted everyone to know that sobriety is just an overall lifestyle. However you get there, it doesn't have to be a one size fits all. Yeah. It, it can't be because there's aspects of AA that's rooted in spirituality and religion and stuff like that. That may turn people off. I never wanted that to happen. And you did going cold turkey is not easy, um, but you was able to do it successfully. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I had honestly thought that like being an alcoholic was one dimension. It was one type of person. And I had this one type of person like Mm -hmm. of how an alcoholic would be stuck in my head the whole time. And I was like, I'm not this person. Like, I don't like, you know, come (laughs) from maybe like a bad childhood or like trauma or like anything like that. Honestly, like my life has always been fine and great. But like that doesn't mean that doesn't uh, alcoholism does not destroy discriminate like you can have the most perfect life ever but like still you know be an alcoholic and like it's it's no there's no like one you know like person of how it looks like and that's something I didn't understand until like after I got sober I was like oh shit (laughs) I see and you know I still have those revelations like I, I still have memories that come up you know that I thought about in early sobriety that I was like oh that wasn't like an addictive moment that now I think about and I'm like oh wait, I think maybe that this is run a little deeper than I, uh, than I initially thought, you know, like that still happened. (laughs) That's so powerful. That's so powerful. Um, you know, one thing that I do want to talk about why I have both of you on sober is dope is that this expectation women in 
the industry, whether it's sex workers, whether it's exotic dancing, whether it's music, it's always this negative expectation oh that from men. And I want to call men out because we live in this male dominated androcentric society where everything is geared towards sex is over sexualized and men trying to railroad women into sex. And People sometimes don't take sex workers, exotic dancers, female entertainers seriously and feel like they have to drug you up just so they could get some. And that leads to a lot of sex trafficking, a lot of death, a lot of just bad things. Can you talk about the state of the industry and how it affects you guys and that whole type of idea of sex, drugs and It's Um, tough, though, because there's women out there right now that's in these industries that probably feel like they have to use just to be effective and it could be problematic. I think it's like um, I think that a lot of people who don't participate in certain industries have like a a specific like ideology of what they think it is and what it think what they think it means to be someone participating. And I think that a lot of people don't realize how empowering it is and how much confidence and how much you need to work through in order to be able to go up onto that stage. And I, I think that if we had more dialogue and more conversation, there'd be like a lot more respect, just like with certain athletes, you know what I mean? It's like, they're, they're doing things that I have never seen before. And like, I, I, what, as a, as a, as a victim of like childhood trauma and sexual abuse, it's like, I look at women on stage and I'm like, wow, like the fact that you feel strong enough and empowered enough to go up there. And especially as a sober, you know, performer, I'm like, that's amazing. Like I, I admire that. And I think that's so strong. And like, that's how I feel. (laughs) Powerful, powerful. That's so powerful. Dora, how, how has sobriety enhanced your life in general and especially professionally? Is there, can you explain a difference? I know it's like night and day and I know you're so much more alert and you're living this vibrancy. Can we talk about that? Yeah. Wow. That's a really good word and good way to describe a vibrancy and like being alert. Exactly. Like finally it's, it's still trippy to me because like my friends, I don't think any of my friends are sober. Like I still go to the bar with them and like, you know, we still have a fucking bitch in time, but I, it's so funny. They'll be like, Oh, I'm so hungover right now at like 2 PM on like a Monday. And I'll be like, ha, 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 ha. <laughs> like literally just totally have forgotten even like being hungover at all. And like, it, it was so trippy. Like my best friend like texted me saying she was like hungover for like an entire week straight and like going on to her second week. She's like, Oh my God. Like I still feel hungover. And I'm like, wow, I actually totally forgot about like, again, like, like being sober, totally forgot. I was sober until I was reminded of it. I totally forgot that hangovers, you know, people still live through hangovers and there's people that like go through hangovers. I thought I totally forgot that was an actual thing, which is good. I've forgotten it, but yeah like I th- you have so much more time when you're sober and that's something I did not like signing up to get sober that's not something I like you know like thought of but I didn't realize like you'd have so much time like you know I'm going on walks I'm going on bike rides I'm like figuring figuring out like it's made me more active and like it's made me go back into like 
what made me happy as a child and mm. yeah with like not not feeling shamed of like hopping back on my bicycle which for some reason like when I became an adult or even in high school I was like oh that's such a kid thing and like that's something that always made me happy and I now I do it again and like just being more active and going on actual activities and like actually seeing the world and what's out there and like you know not just like kicking it back at the local bar that's that um I do have a question so um uh, talking to like different artists um who have been sober uh, a lot of the dialogue comes or a lot of similar dialogue that, that comes up is that um you know like a lot of DJs and whatnot have a hard time getting booked for certain shows because they're not after partying with the people who are you know booking the shows and stuff and oh. hearing how yeah like hearing how you like before you quit drinking you weren't drinking at work. So like your work wasn't necessarily mm. affected by your, your drinking. And there wasn't like a huge shift there, but like, did you notice when you quit drinking that you had more opportunities because you were more vibrant and stuff? Or did you, did you lose some opportunities and have new doors open or did that affect it at all? Not really. Like That's it was pretty, pretty neutral. Yeah. Cause I think people have always known me as like just this crazy, like, you know, no fucks given type chick. I haven't lost that. Like, I guess like look ever. And I don't think I'll ever lose that association. So, cause I think even in my sober times, I was always like, even, I feel like I was even crazier, like sober, like, Dude, I am. Drunk, right. Yeah. And it's like, crazy that like, we're still so colorful and like for, I like if anything alcohol really like dumbed and numbed me down like, it never brought out like creativity or like me being super funny or like louder it made me like quieter like I would just get so fucked up I'd be like the quietest person at parties and like and so it wasn't until I was sober that like you know I would like go all night and like like outdo the coked out people and they'd be like yo what drugs are you doing and I'm like yeah I'm on a sober train what's up and I'm like still the loudest person and they're like what the fuck like okay yeah so I mean not really I mean I did like obviously start music and like have gotten more opportunities like in that world of things but that doesn't I don't think has to do with like Mm -hmm. sobriety or anything like it's just that like the timeline Together. yeah so yeah. yeah but you do hear of that that like people lose out on jobs or like you know because they won't drink and like it's that's mm-hmm. really shitty that like for some reason people have yeah. associations and like have think that like if you're not drinking you're not having fun and it's like you could be the funnest person in the room being sober totally. and like people just I don't know or maybe they haven't met like a fun sober like I don't know why people think that you know what's Sober powerful? So is dope. Sober is dope. Sober. Sober. Uh, <laughs> and yo, it's usually the people that still that's still trapped and conflicted with their own creativity and their own excitement. So they project that on people on the idea of recovery, right? But mm-hmm. I'm gonna tell you, we're all entertainers. And here's the biggest thing for everyone listening. When you get to the level, now I know every I know a lot of people in the industry, right? I met a lot of people, and the more powerful the more the more powerful the person, the more they're like, look, that getting drunk and stuff and coming around us is not not a goal. So there, there's do you really get you could be blackballed for having to for being out of control, drinking too much, doing too much drugs. People think entertainers are out there getting really twisted. But the more up the food chain you go, these guys are drinking water. They're like, I can't afford you know, I can't afford it. Right. Kendrick Lamar, for example, Kendrick Lamar was like. 
I can't do that. I can't connect to my fans if I'm out here getting drunk so or high. So he chose not to do it. He's an yeah. optimal performer. Eminem, Eminem said, I can't do it no more because I have a daughter, I have a life. Optimal performer. Jay-Z, yeah. all of these guys, the people, the, the more up the food chain you go, the more these guys are sober, right? Sometimes they're not even saying it. So I'll give you some context. When I was in the industry, I was around Jazzo. Jazzo's the guy that did the originator. He, he was the OG that put Jay-Z on and was like Jay-Z's mentor. Jazz used, to, Jazz used to always pull me aside and say, Pop, listen, man, there's two things that's going to kill you, the drinking and women, man. If you're trying to be a serious artist, you got to get both of those things under control. And that delayed my career by like 15 years of me just drinking. So everybody was like, you're a really good artist. We all love you. We all want to give you record deals. We can't because you're too wild, right? So it's this expectation that we think that we're going to be praised for being wacky and wild and loose, but you could get ostracized and stigmatized in the industry. So you're it's incentivized to be focused because people know look like i gotta call you six o'clock in the morning if you gotta be in phoenix at three then cali and here and here how you getting drunk you all day? yeah unless you're getting I don't, unless you're going like on a huge like you're starting from like 6 a.m the minute you will wake up to like <laughs> where you're done and that's you can't do that you're gonna die by the time you're like <laughs> literally but yeah well, like i think about other djs too like um in like the dj world like justin martin um he's been sober for a couple of years now and it's like that was huge because like so many like i was so excited when he came out and talked about that because i know so many people look up to him and it's like when larger artists can come out and talk about their sobriety it can inspire so many younger people and other artists too because like you were saying it's like that there, there is that expectation where you feel like if you go in after party with these people that you're going to have more opportunities. But then there's that also that second dialogue of more serious artists who, you know, see you drunk and wasted at an event every time trying to talk to them about music or something. And they're like, yo, man, like you are not the association. Oh like, I'm on this like healthy tip, like really serious about my art, you know? It's so, so powerful. I'm telling this is a game changer because we're this is the first time I was able to really talk about this and I'm telling you, it's a game changer. So if you're out there thinking, if you want to be an artist, sobriety is going to be a real advantage to you because you're going to just exponentially increase the chances of you finding success. Mm-hmm. All right. And then people is going to really say, I want to work with this person, especially in acting. You can't do this in acting and the actors have to be very now. You had the I Johnny Depp and these guys who struggle, but look what happens. They life fall apart. You see them, then they have to go back to rehab, and then they come out with a big movie after they figure it out. <laughs> you never see them really successful through the binge or the addiction. The, the industry shuts them down to say, yo, we gotta we have a problem here. Yeah. Um, and I wanted I'm glad we were able to highlight that because I was a young art. I mean, I was what I started rapping when I was 15 and mm-hmm. I used to get so wasted trying to impress people and try to just be this character. Mm-hmm. And then it, it translated to the music. So try to find authenticity through your art form. And just by being genuine, you're going to get closer to your realizing your goals. And I, that's so true and i think like when you're super affirmative and like strict with your boundaries people respect that more like at parties like at at work i mean when i dance at parties you know like i tell guys are obviously always the first question hey like what do you want to drink and i straight up now just say and you're not really supposed to do this because like 
you know, you yeah. want to appear fun. And so like, they don't like it when you like say this, but I don't give a fuck anymore. I straight yeah. up say I'm sober. And yeah. they end up like, they're like, what? Oh my yeah. God. That's so good for you. Like, that's so cool. They think it's like sexy and hot. And then I end up making my bag. Uh, <laughs> Gotta get the bag. You gotta get the yes, bag. Yes, the many bags, all the bags. The, the bags. Yes. We want. We, we want we all the bags. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think like a lot of people just like want to have fun and relax, and like we just do what we see other people doing, and like, I, like it was funny. Like one time I was at a club and I like was practicing dancing without drinking, and so I wasn't drink. I wasn't drinking, but I was dancing, and so people who were drinking started coming up to me, and then then when they were asking me what I was on, I was like nothing. They they all put their drinks down. You know, they were like, oh, what? You're doing this without drinking? Just like one at a time. They were like, we don't need this either. And it's like, how often are we just getting a drink because you're getting a drink and we're going for a drink? You know, like that's what we're doing. I, it's like going to a sports game. Like I'm not into sports at all, but like I, I could go to a sports game and like, you know, see a live sports thing because it's fun it's in the moment like when everyone's having fun then you're having fun so it's like Definitely. i don't know kind of like placebo effect i guess yeah. like, i think if you like own something and you're super passionate about something and like you're you know you really put your foot down and you're like yeah like i love it's like saying i love rock music i love disco music like what whatever it is like whatever your thing is if you like fucking own it then people just like respect that and like love it and like they can get down with it even if they might not like you know metal or like whatever it is right and people will be surprised the support you get when i decided to get sober i thought it was going to be weird every single every it was never a time where someone didn't go yo that's crazy i love you i'm proud of you my friends always say you know what Sober is dope is cool, but coming from you is extraordinary because you was super wild. Yeah. So they was like, if anyone's going to talk about that and we know you is is crazy because you was the most unmanageable person with the most issues when it came to addiction. So the fact oh, that you, so people loved it, they embraced me. And I tell I tell you, you could really enjoy a lot more like the baseball game, the football game. I used to go to these things and not remember anything. And that broke my heart. Because I remember right before my grandfather died a couple of years, he took me to a basketball game and I couldn't remember anything. And I was trying to hang in there and I fell asleep. And that was oh him trying to connect God. with me that he, pa- that he passed away, man. And I'm like, damn, I can't even remember who the teams yeah. were. He had like front row seats. It was like a Bulls game. It was Jordan playing. And oh. I cu- that someone had to tell me that like you, you went to he took you to see Jordan and you didn't remember nothing. And, yeah. and it broke my heart. So the sometimes people and especially for the younger generation out there you might think you're gonna have more fun you might think you're gonna be more interesting you might think you're gonna have a better experience but i'm telling you sometimes just you're enough you're enough you're beautiful you're worthy and this is a testimony you hearing it from katie you hearing it from dora two beautiful successful people in the industry that's telling you yo Life is more interesting. I'm more creative. I feel more alive. I don't have to apologize. I don't have to wake up with a hangover. I don't black out no more. I'm in control. I'm a boss. And that's bullshit. And I'm glad we bring it in on a real level because when you go in front of a bunch of kids, they don't want to hear the airy fairy shit. They want to be like, you want to be a millionaire and a boss. Stop playing around with alcohol and drugs. You want to be on top of your game. Get your shit together. You want to be an athlete. You want to be in shape. Get your shit together. And alcohol and drugs just robs too many people of that. Right. I also think like the quality of like your work just goes up. You know what I mean? Like I like I can't like 
what even like watching my partner DJ, it's like how he used to play when he was drinking is completely different compared to how he plays now when he's not drinking. Like, you know, it's gone from like party music to like art, you know, and like emotion. And like, you can tell that it is represented in like what he's playing and it's, it's really cool. You can see it's authentic. And so I, yeah, I love that. I aspire for more of that. You know what I mean? Right. There were so many times on stage when I was so hungover, like literally I'm like bending over, taking off the underwear. I'm like about to vomit. I'm like, fuck, do not puke on these guys that are watching. Don't do it. Like hold it in sis. And like, oh my God. Yeah. There, I think there was like one time I literally ran off and I just like went to the bathroom and puked. Like I've been there, you know, like, <laughs> working in like the restaurant industry, you know, I'd be like telling my girls, like, like, can you cover me for a second? Like I need to be in the bathroom for a minute, you know, like, and I'm going to need some coffee. And like, if anyone has anything else that will help me, help me. <laughs> it's like, well, even like back to my radio days, like when I had a radio show, I would show up super hungover on the Sunday and I would go in, do my shift. And in between all my like bits of like when the music would play and stuff, I had literally a bucket right beside me. And like, I had like the bathroom key and I was the only one that was in the studio. And this became like a habit for like the months yeah. I was there. And like, I like would have went like I missed like a few of my like talking cues because I was either vomiting or like shitting in the bathroom and while vomiting at the same time and then vomiting yeah, here, like, <laughs> it was so uncool man it was so yeah. bad cool, yeah. and, like just thinking about all the brain cells I I've lost yeah years it's like fuck man like I'm never gonna be able yeah. to get my it's like, yeah I remember I've watched- been smarter probably like I remember at one point I had to start putting like a plastic mat over my mattress because I kept peeing my bed while I was wasted and it was like I'm an adult woman with a queen a king size bed and I have to get on and it's like crinkle 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 and I'm like okay this is enough this is enough that was a side I was like it's fine we'll just get a plastic sheet for a mat for a bed sheet like that's fine Oh my God. Wow. (laughs) The other thing that I thought was weird is like when I was like in the midst of my like addiction or whatever, my standards lowered so much. And as I got out of my addiction, it was like, Whoa, like how do I raise my standards again? You know what I mean? Like, actually I know I used to do that. And I know I used to party with these people and go to these types of things, but like, I'm not doing that anymore. You know, like I'm not going there (laughs) in terms of like dating or like, like friends or like both. Yeah. Like I think like at one point in my addiction, I was like, I was just chasing the party. So like, you know, it would, it would go from like me being like going to a really dope party that I was invited to, or like going to an after party after work to like literally staying up for three or four days, just being like, okay, now where are you going? And like, not even knowing who those people are, you know, just being like, I'm going with you because there's drugs and alcohol there, you know? Yeah, yeah, totally. Like I, there were so many guys that like, you know, like me and the girls would just hit up at like two in the morning. Cause we knew like he either had alcohol or the money to get like whatever bottles we wanted, like after hours or like he yeah. was like, you know, like he knew the clubs to go to, like just, just like guys I would never even fucking want to even talk to. But it's like, you know, oh, you take one for the team, like you exactly. gather up the girls. It's like, okay, girls, we're going here. And it's yeah. just so fucking. That's like one thing that me and my girlfriends used to talk about. Like, we used to like, you know, like we would go out somewhere and like say we wanted to like find cocaine. Like it was like, it was like, ooh, who can find it first? You know what I mean? Yeah. And then, like, <laughs> go to the bathroom together and you're like, 
I found it, you know, and you have your oh little, and you're like, now we're going to do it. Oh and it's like, like, yes, you go girl. Yeah. Oh like we used to joke around, like if you were an adult woman, like you had your own cocaine on you at all times, you know what I mean? It was like, that's how you knew you were like an adult woman. Like, oh my God. That's so funny. So weird. I, I can totally relate with, well, I've never, I've never touched cocaine or drugs, yeah. but alcohol, like we were going to clubs and like, we were like doing like, I guess. We were like doing competitions to see who was yeah. able to get the guy to buy us like whoever a drink first, and like yeah. it got to the point where like guys would literally just signal it, like yeah. <laughs> we were like yes, like they like they get it, like it's no yeah. like hey babe, how are you doing? It's more just like yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. It, yeah. <laughs> it was getting to that totally. point where like well, I feel you. Like when I was qu- trying to quit drinking, like I would go to the club and I'd be like, okay, you guys, like I'm not drinking tonight, and they'd be like. Well, we'll order three times the amount of booze we usually would. And not only will we tip you like more than what the bill is, we will also pay you to drink with us. And it's like, oh how as like a single young like girl who doesn't have any like other financial aid, you're like, okay, so I'm going to make four times the amount just by having these shots with you. It's like, damn it. Fine. You know, like, yeah, it's yeah. so like there's so much weird pressure like that totally and I think there's just so much stigma in like you know jobs like that where it's very like appearance-based service-based where like you know like there's the girls that are are girls and guys that work these jobs that think this and they uh think that if you you know do drugs with your customers clients if you drink if you party with them then you'll make more money and honestly it's like the opposite you make less money because now you're getting sloppy now you're doing this for fun now you're not thinking business forward now you're not hustling now you're doing this for all the wrong reasons like sis what are you doing but hey like I'm not gonna tell you what to do so I'm just gonna watch beyond the side blinds (laughs) totally wow that you 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 guys just <laughs> dropped it. You just dropped it. It's like that's priceless. Oh my goodness! And and thank you so much because I'm telling you, you just saved thousands of um people's lives, right? Because oh. um, this goes a long way. Just listening to how you think, the reality, and what I hate is that. And when I when we were out there, you know, I come from a real estate investment background. We get a lot of money fast. Go to strip clubs, put money on the table, be able to buy bottles. There was no also the it was also the hip hop side. But one thing that I will say is that, and I didn't like this. I remember that I was around high rollers, and they would put out the champagne for the women, and they would be drinking water. And I, I'm being an alcoholic. When I went into the strip club, I would get drunk fast. So like they'll be like, "I right, pop here's two grand." Cause I was the younger one. So they'd be like, here's start with two grand and chill. And I'll put the two grand in my pocket and be like, yeah, I'm not trying to spend this two grand. I'm trying yeah. to, focus. and then I would, but I would get drunk within the first 30 to 40 minutes. And then they pulled yeah. me aside and was like, you're, we don't get drunk. The women, it's for the women yeah. to get drunk. So we could, you know what I'm saying? And they had the money. So the expectation was, is to get the strippers to, you know, bounce and leave and do other things with them. Right. And yeah. that's, so think about all of the predators with money that uses it as, you know, bait to flash amongst innocent women. And they use the, the alcohol and the drugs to get them. And then a lot of these women go missing. A lot of these women wind up raped. You know, you wind up as rape victims. You wind up dead. And that's why I think changing the narrative about how these how important it is to be sober minded. We can start there. It's not always 
don't drink. Wow. It's like to the people who struggle, say, listen, let's start talking about sober mindedness, being so careful, true. being aware of your surroundings. And I just don't like the fact that women are always just targeted. Oh my God. Right. Well, yeah, All like, day, every day. Well, we're taught from like a really young age to like, you know, you can't walk home by yourself. Yeah. Like you can't, you can't wear this. You can't wear that. You can't do this. You can't do that. You can't go out here at 7 PM at night. Like, what do you mean? Like, why can't I just like walk out like a normal fucking human being? Well, like you can't cause you're a woman. Like no matter where you are, like Canada, the States, like, Oh my yeah. God, uh, anywhere all over. If you're a woman, period. If you're a yeah. woman, like that that's all and and it's so weird that there's like there's rules around like you can't like in Canada anyways like you can't really carry like weapons as a woman either because like if you have like say you have like a knife or something on you and you use it on someone who's trying to hurt you like you so it's like you need to be sneaky about it like you like you can have you know bear mace because that's for bears and if something happens and you just happen to use your bear mace on someone else then like that's fine but like I have to walk with my keys in between my fingers and like, you know, like I have a really loud beeper, you know, like stuff like that. And it's like, you know, like I, there's so many instances where you still try to be safe, you know, like get someone to walk you to your car after work. And, you know, like that person is the person who's trying to lead you somewhere. You know, it's like you, you just can't trust anyone. And especially if you're drunk, you can't protect yourself. Like mm-hmm. you get like, I've been sober in so many instances after the club where like, I've seen my friends, try and be taken away, like taken away by other people. And I, I have to step in, you know, and it becomes this like really weird situation because they're so wasted and like, they don't know. And you can tell that they've been like grooming them over the whole night to get them to this point, you know? And it's like, then you have to look out for each other. And people always are like, why do girls go to the bathroom together? It's like, because it's not safe to go by yourself. That's the real truth. It's not safe. (laughs) Like, and that's insane inside an establishment, especially when you're like working at or you're with like a bunch of people and like you can't go somewhere without being targeted in between your table and the restroom. Like wow. that's crazy. It's serious. Wow. It's serious. Yeah, I guess now I want to like add on to my answer with like, mm-hmm. why did you get sober? I guess like it's safety too. Like that's like oh, really realistically number one right like safety right like like, i've been date raped a few times you know what i mean and it was always at my place of work or like going to visit another place of work that was really similar and it was like you you, no one is around to help you with something like that like you wake up and you're like what the fuck where was the last 12 hours of my life and then just bits and pieces like come back and now you're like left to deal with that and it's like you still have to go to work and you still have to go to the place that like that stuff happened and it's like there needs to be more conversation around this and like more safety you know what i mean Absolutely. And I'm with you. And we're gonna we're going to continue to talk about this because, you know, I have a soft heart for your situation, Katie. You you So Katie explained this in detail in her episode on Sober is Dope. That helped many women, a lot of people out there really take it seriously about the effects of just the environment. Right. These environments Mm -hmm. and what was supposed to be safe and fun and recreational could sometimes turn into a nightmare really fast. So thank you so much. This is really, really important. Dora, I wanted to ask you a question about your music. And in general, can you talk to us about your music, you being an artist, your recovery and how that affects your music and tell us a little bit about what style of music you're into? Yeah, um, I started making music like pretty much like the month I got sober and like that. And so I guess I don't think I so I can't really compare it to like, you know, versus when I would drink. But I guess like if I was still drinking, I would say I probably wouldn't be making music and just, 
yeah so I guess everything right. like kind of came together hand in hand and yeah I think music is one of those like very very personal journeys where like you just gotta like do it and like figure it out as you go and I've really just been figuring it out like throughout but I've always just been like staying true to like me and just you know like writing down poetry like everywhere I go and just like writing 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 and then when it's time to like hit the studio like I'm kind of ready with like whatever vibe I'm going for and uh, yeah where I'm going where I, I think at first when I started making music I thought that I had to like sound a certain way or look a certain way or do certain things or say certain things or like you know do certain things with my voice like little things like that but like that's I think like kind of just like when you start doing anything creative like a lot of what creativity uh I think like a lot of what can stop you from being creative is what you think like the voices in your head that you think you should listen to and it's like no like you just gotta do like your own thing and like go your own path so and now I'm finally like out of the clutter I'm like the voices are gone from my head and now I'm truly like doing like what makes me fucking happy and like that's been the music and stuff that actually has has substance with like what's been sticking with people and what's kind of been like working unintentionally so like just being genuine and like true to like you and like what you want to like do you like musically like I would never listen to like anybody anymore with like what they think that I should sound like because like you know you just got to do you so now we're do finally getting into like a heavier like just pure rock and like I am so stoked like at first we were kind of just doing like little pop like you know maybe hip-hop beats and stuff and it just wasn't true to who I am and then we started going grungier and heavier and then I was like yeah this is like yeah what I uh should be making because it's it's true to who I am and now there's there's just no bullshit anymore so I'm happy I found like my voice and my sound and like you know even even being sober like I think like I I don't know like maybe being sober like you just think of things even more so that's why you're just more cautious but like that can really take away from like creativity and like the progress of being creative and just being an artist in general like being an artist you're supposed to just like put out things and like uh, for how it is to you and like that's that like you can't that's be influenced that. by like you know the mask because then you're just going to be a sellout and I'm not a sellout <laughs> right right and you're going to start sounding like other people and following yeah. their creativity because you think that you should sound this way to gain popularity or whatever it is like I don't know money or like uh, uh, I don't know but like yeah. Because you think that that's the formula, but like there's no fucking formula. Like that's the same with acting. Like Joaquin Phoenix, like my favorite actor of all time. He literally in every like a lot of his interviews, he'll say, like, take everything you've learned in acting school that you've paid thousands and thousands of dollars to go to and like throw it out there because it's all bullshit. Like you just gotta fucking like do what works for you and just do it. Like there's no like big secret. There's no people just think like, oh my god, I have to do these certain steps and like I have to like be super calculated. And it's like, no, like just do it. Like people ask me, do you write your own melodies and lyrics? And it's like, it took me like five minutes to sit down and like spit out this verse and like now we're using it for finals. Like, yeah, what do you mean? Like I needed like a a whole ass writing camp to like come up with like a, right. a little riff like well, what 
Yeah, especially, so. especially, it, it's so fly because I know exactly what you're talking about as far as the writing yeah. process and R and B, pop, and rock. You always <laughs> the expectation is you have ghost writers, especially with women. Yeah. I never, I never, I always hated that shit. Oh Hip hop, it's like, oh, she didn't write that, or she didn't put the, she didn't do that, or you know, like what? It's like <laughs> create. Wait, I just show you the scribbles I did on the side of the highway when it came <laughs> to me. I can show you the fucking voice memos of like my cracked out voice. I like three inspiration is something else is something sacred the creative process is sacred and you couldn't have said it better dora thank you so much for that because for me as an artist now i'm definitely certain when i do a song i'm like that's me i'm good you know when i listen back to some of my old stuff when i was drinking i'll be like it was good but i'll be like oh i said that uh i didn't I didn't think I had a helicopter and a bazooka at that time, but I said right. it, right? <laughs> like, like I, I was rapping like I was Scarface, man. I was living yeah. with my mom. So I was like, you know, it's about authenticity, being true who, to who you are and completing. I just completed the album. So I decided to come back out and rap in my sobriety Ooh. just because I said Ugh. I'm not going to stop. But yeah. it, I was rapping for about. 15 years and never put anything out professionally. And then my recovery after being sober eight years, I was able to complete, wow. a, complete a project. And it wasn't about fame. It wasn't about getting on. Cause I don't, you know, I'm gonna get on whether I rap or not. I'm, you know, I'm pop. Right. But mm-hmm. my thing was, I wasn't going to let addiction rob me of my, my art. And I wasn't going to yeah. use that narrative. Like I retired because of whatever. It's like, nah, I'm going to create until I can't create any more. And I'm going to be awesome. And I'm going to use my recovery as a superpower to yes. just run that yes. engine. And I, and I love what we're talking about today. Yes. This, this yes. is a power. This is one of my most powerful episodes. I'm telling what? you. Well, I mean, you do have a very powerful woman. Exactly. <laughs> right, right, right. And, and I just want to thank both of you for, just going so hard because like we touched on so much and I know when we go back and listen to it, there's at least a hundred nuggets in here. That's going to save someone's life on multiple levels. Cause there's the person that's afraid of their recovery and they don't know if they want to get there. There's a person that's new in recovery. There's a person that's already there that's contemplating relapse that needs to message. And you, you touched on everything. Lastly, I want to wrap up here and Katie, um, I want to talk about early sobriety, Dora, and how are you feeling and how are you doing? Because again, well, I'm like, we're like, I'm big homie in recovery. I have eight years and I just want to make sure I check in with you to make sure you're okay. Cause early recovery is definitely something that's slippery and challenging. And I just want you to know, we care about you. We want you to be successful. So can you tell us how you're doing in early recovery and Katie, when she's done, can you give her some advice on tips that may be helpful to her yeah. on her journey? you mean like when I first started getting sober no just how you doing now like yeah Yeah, like you're you're going through this every day you you know (laughs) your early sobriety we have this thing you feel awesome all the time but then it it does come a time where it starts to become challenging you got to push through a bit and you feel alone I just want to make sure you okay we want to check in and make sure you're positive (laughs) that's so beautiful to have that reminder and like to be asked that because I think like especially with music like when all of your favorite bands and like rock stars are dead because of addiction and like what they've gone through it's I think a little hard and like when all your favorite songs like have to do with drugs and like 
things that you know you're kind of you're staying away because you're sober it's 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 hard i guess it's it's not particularly easy it's like wow like he made the sound really cool but nope nope <laughs> right we know the reality so it's a it's a hard no and then we we don't want to join that Jimi hendrix club what's the the, the 27, 27 club or what oh, yeah, yeah we don't want that okay no we want to be the billionaire legacy yeah, club for exactly. our children and generational wealth club with a generational wealth right <laughs> forever right yeah yeah, yeah. immortality club seriously like sprinkle my ashes along the west coast like i would have lived to at least yeah. 69 though i have to be 69 yeah. right right you gotta at least get, get there, there. <laughs> like yeah exactly yeah so, i mean my heart hurts when I think about, you know, artists who have died young. Like I, I really thought I was going to like grow old with Mac Miller, you know, like I, I saw him play when I was younger and I really thought I was going to grow old with that person. And so the idea of like other artists, like even my friends as artists, you know, struggling and like the potential of something like that happening to them, like that not only terrifies me, but it just saddens me so much. Like I thought I was going to be listening to his music forever, you know? So when I see an artist struggling, like I really go out of my way to make sure that they feel supported because wow. they're probably not getting it from like their friends or whatever, you know? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Powerful, powerful, yeah. powerful. And I think, like as for the piece of advice for Dora, like I often come through waves, you know, of like, what am I doing with myself? Like I have no friends that are sober or whatever. And like, I really just take that time to like, like be more creative you know what I mean it's like okay I have no one to hang out with right now it's like okay well what can I do for myself or like what can I learn so that I can like better myself even more you know yeah it's like you gotta like stimulate yourself like even more and like kind of yeah just keep yourself busy and like preoccupied well one of the biggest yeah one of the biggest things I noticed was like when I was drinking like I I could go to any club and listen to any music and I'd be like this is the best music you know but when I got sober you know going to the same clubs I was like what like this is what I was listening to I was like whoa 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 like I don't know if I like this and so like just like the quality of my own experiences went up so much. You know what I mean? It was like when music made me want to dance sober, then I knew it was good music. You know, I was like, cause when you're drunk, you'll dance to anything. Yeah, this is true. Mm-hmm. Kate Trinata, That's what switched it for me. When I heard Kate Trinata sober, I was like, Oh my gosh. I was like, I feel this. Like I feel this in my soul. I love it. I love it. Well, my, 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 my thing is, uh, if I could leave any advice, what helps me is that's all I could say is that I remember to love myself enough. I wake up every day and remember the importance of self-love and self-care. I all, and I taught myself a long time ago, don't fall victim to the illusion of what the world is doing and don't live through comparison comparison is what kills us and make us doubt ourselves and okay. doubt is the fastest trigger to relapse in, in anything okay. you could have you could have positive momentum meet someone look at what they're doing and then doubt what you're doing and then you fall for the trap so don't doubt yourself stay true to yourself be comfortable with saying no dora katie pop like we have to be able to put our recovery in our life first and sometimes burnout is real and trying to be on everyone else's agenda or be there for everyone we kind of water ourselves down so for me that's what helps me just every day waking up reminding myself that so and that's why i love sober is dope because i didn't create it to for any other reason besides it it says it all there it's a reminder like 
I'm going to be lit no matter what, as long as I maintain my recovery, maintain my my life, and I'm going to be alive. Lastly, I would be dead eight years ago if I didn't even choose it. So it's not even an option for me. It's like I'm alive just off the GP of God, faith, and sobriety. And I was just lucky enough to pick it at the right time. I'm alive off a straight something else's GP, not my own. I got lucky because somehow... I made a decision at the right time or I know I would have been dead. So congratulations to both of y'all. This has been an edition of Sober Saturdays. Meet Sober is Dope with the artist Spotlight featuring Dora Cola, the artist extraordinaire. You can find any information from Dora at DoraCola.com. I will put all her links in the show notes. She's on Spotify, Apple. Her music is lit. She has a dope single coming out. All My Boyfriends Are Dead. We're going to feature a snippet of that at the end of the um, podcast. Check out her single, Dirty Sexy Rocker Boy, and all her music. We can't wait to see you doing more in the acting community, and we want all your dreams to come true. We would like to thank Katie for presenting this episode today and everything that you're doing in recovery, Katie, all the people you're helping. And we just want to let everyone in the recovery community know, stop hating on other people's process. Everyone has their own process of recovery. What works for one person may not work for another. And your way of recovery may not be the only way. So keep an open mind. Keep an open heart. And remember, none of us are too big in our recovery to not remember where we come from. So have mercy on others and don't be so judgmental. Leave with an open heart. Any closing words, Katie? Any closing words, Dora? And we'll wrap there. Honestly, no, I'm just so grateful. Thank you, Dora, for taking time out of your day and your busy life to come and meet with oh us God. been such an admirer and I hope mm. to work more together in the future. <laughs> thank you guys so much. I had a lot of fun and like, thank you so much for the reminder that we are on this journey together and we are a family and like, you know, there's so many colorful souls that are sober and like, yeah, sober isn't just one image totally and there we have it and there we have it that's a wrap for our amazing guest you're listening to the sober is dope podcast i'm pop buchanan i love you all go in peace and i'll catch you on the other side party on rock on rock on I've been gone all day, so bad, but I'm not feeling guilty at all. Hit it from the back end, all I can see is your dirty money, long, long hair. Tatted up body, I'm sober, but now I'm so impaired. Wash it all away, I'm a crazy wild bitch with my cigarette stained sins.
Don't give 